episode 25 design company podcast and today brother mo has very nicely and beautifully prompted a subject very dear to my heart which is designed company itself and why we're doing this what it's all about how does it work all these beautiful things but before we kick off brother mo how are you feeling today Oh, good. You know, I've been enjoying this kind of back to work period, seeing a lot of progress, things moving along, uh, the economy picking up after COVID, a lot of conversations happening. And hey, we just hit 25th episode of Design Company podcast, which is quarter of a century, which was measured in years. So I was thinking this would be quite a good occasion to do a retrospective on what we've built so far and what's coming next. Yeah, and 25 more episodes or so, and we're going to have Gary Vaynerchuk on this podcast as he's like promised people that if they do 54 episodes or 52 episodes in a year, he's going to come on 53rd. So let's, is that, let's see. Is that, is that a thing? Nice one. Well, uh, cool. Yeah. So uh, the design company, what it, what it is, how does it work and so on? Let's use the actual model here to describe it all. So hmm. effectively, the genesis of this idea, there I use the Terminator terms, uh, came about through me going through a process of working with lots and lots of different startups and big governmental clients and corporate clients, including consultancies, management consultancies. Uh, and I realized that management itself was being consistently done badly, very badly. And it was done badly by people who are experts in management. And mostly it seems to be the case that people manage badly because they have a tendency to complicate things. People are very good at complicating things. So simplicity is the most complex achievement and simplifying management, business management especially, seems to be like the biggest opportunity we have in the postmodern world, especially post-COVID world, in which a typical worker may need to use four or five different tools just to log onto their laptop, let alone do some work. And that's just on the tooling front. So the purpose of designed company as an idea was really, first of all, to simplify management make it universally accessible and digestible to follow on with like Google's kind of mission and also provide a, a set of tools and reusable workflows that can enable any company to work as optimally as possible. That's really the purpose. And it starts off with a book that lays out the ethos and the spirit of it all and then moves on to the software because really books and a lot of people kind of pride themselves in reading books. I, I don't even really pride myself in writing books, but sometimes it's important to put things on paper, but book in itself is a sort of dead piece of paper unless it's put into practice. So I usually advise people not to read books, but to put them into practice. Now, most of the time people don't know how to put a book into practice. And this is very big reflection of intelligence. If you can actually put some theory into practice, most of the time people don't know how to do that, but that's where Anya designed company software comes into play to help people put the book into practice. And of course, Anya Design Company software 
has been designed with the ethos of designed company philosophy that's laid out in the book and much of it in this podcast. So that's kind of the purpose and, and what, where it all kicked off. What comes to your mind, Brad and Mo, before I move into people bit? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, first of all, it's a beautiful invention that you've had with the with design company, right? And so what I like is that, well, what I found most interesting in the beginning was that despite working for 15 years in this field, you managed to reduce that to like seven areas. And when I say despite, I mean, because like usually someone that's been in a field for a long time, they try and like build something really heavy, really like complicated, not complex, but complicated. And like they just go all else, right? And so what I found actually with design company was the powerful simplicity and all inclusiveness of the model, right? And so this is what really prompted me to get involved with you to like, you know, help you build out this ecosystem to build a, I mean, and you were basically building a whole company around this framework. Right. And so that's what I really like in terms of like my own personal purpose within design company. It really is, as you said, simplifying uh, management, but it's also really like giving more agency to individuals and helping them reclaim the power and the knowledge away from the MBAs and really just like be the actors of the evolution of their workplace or their environment of what they're doing. And so I, I read an interesting thing the other day, uh, actually it was our friend Ray Dalio again. And the other day being this morning, where he said actually that what he'd realized was that intelligence was mostly a cycle of kind of iterative learning that then like, you know, experiment, test, feedback, and then either conscious or subconscious learning. And so ultimately, if I had to kind of articulate my own purpose and like articulating design in, in working in design company ecosystem, it's creating a continuous feedback loop that makes people as a group smarter and smarter every day. So that's fantastic. And one of the things that actually just prodded your, your talk, just prodded my thinking. And I, at, at one point in time, I actually ventured out into project management as a thing that I, I thought I wanted to chase down as my sort of like career path or even specialization. And I started working at this company called Headshift. And um, I, I took up a, a contract role there. And, and they were basically just absolutely all over the place. And I realized I was hired there to salvage their core program, which was a government client at the time. It was, I forget now, but it was a, a, one of those like business advice uh, departments. Okay. And they had, they'd built them a website and they were maintaining and managing and upgrading that website. This was like more than a decade ago now, I think. But I, I stepped in there as a project manager and I realized that their documentation, their, their, their ways of working was all over the place. They were kind of big on using wikis and things like that. But the wiki is an unstructured tool. So they were just kind of like people are chucking things into wiki willy nilly. And, uh, and, and it, it was impossible to find any references, any things. And so I realized that although there's smart people and Headshift as a company was like a leading social media 
uh, agency. Back then, things like Twitter and Facebook were just at the cusp of beginning. And they were saying and they were uh, prophesizing that these tools were going to become backbones to any business. And it was kind of almost impossible to see that uh, back then. But now it's like impossible not to see that. Uh, so, so they were quite visionaries, but they were also like messy visionaries. And so one of the things that you realize about people is that people are messy. But at the same time, from that mess emerges great structure, great insight, great ideas, great inventions, and things that really shift humanity. And notionally, people that we look to serve with designed company philosophy, framework, toolkit, software, uh, and so on, are notionally executives, and not necessarily in particular order here, but executives who are there like the ultimate decision makers, uh, some of my personal friends are chief executives of companies that are managing like $5 trillion uh, in, in assets, uh, not naming any names here. But um, then you've got, you've got management and directorship uh, uh, who, who are really potentially responsible for hundreds or thousands of people within the company still, some, somewhere like BT or UK government oftentimes program managers will be overlooking thousand people teams uh, that are split into sub teams. And then you've got workers notionally, and those workers are mostly and increasingly knowledge workers, knowledge uh, that, um, that, that are managing knowledge. That is, like if they were using that wiki tool, they ought to be managing that wiki in a way that is structured that other people who know nothing about the projects could come into that and use it and so on. But we realize that people are messy and they don't really do that. So the tooling here that we're providing is to help those messy individuals become structured, become uh, grounded in what is technically called the meta structure, but that meta structure applies and works for just about every company, including individuals themselves. So what we're doing here is we're marrying and blending and balancing individual power with collective uh, wisdom and really blending that together into a, an emergentist and evolutionary way to mine the best quality thinking across the whole company in a way that each individual feels it's being asked of them but actually it's collectively being asked of everyone. And there's a very, very important thing here that something like uh, group ideation sessions don't tend to work. We know this from psychology. I was even watching last night a very specific uh, psychological uh, lecture and uh, the, the lecturer basically remarked how group ideation sessions don't work because people are subject to group think and all sorts of biases and so on. So we know this and that's why design company, especially Anya software works on individual basis, but actually then corroborates people's ideas into a collective insight through the dashboard that it works. And basically the, the way that is shown on your, on your background there. So. So you, you, you've kind of touched on the topics of systems and people there. I think one of the key things here that we're looking to achieve with design company is really in the, in the, in the world of systems thinking, we call this emergent properties and you mentioned it yourself, right? And so how do we define emergent property? Well, very simply, the sum of the parts is worth more 
than the individual parts themselves. And so, as you said, what we're looking to do here is like, you know, now it's kind of actually the opposite. We have a lot of very talented, very smart people in companies where they kind of get a bit, you know, browbeaten and taken down by the existing uh, setup, you know, um, which can be a bit restrictive. And so really our goal is to put everyone on that same level of information. And so just allow them access to like a whole new level of cognition, right? Because if I'm just looking at the annual side on the systematic aspect, well, what we want to do is instead of you having a conversation with someone else, we want you to have a conversation with someone else, but we want both of you to start that conversation with what 100 people also think. And yes. so obviously those two conversations, you can't even compare them. One is just two people complaining that goes nowhere. The other one is two people that have the collective intelligence of 100 people at their disposal and that are now actually engaging with ideas, actions, decisions, etc. And so it's this kind of increased pace of corporate existentialism, essentially, that we're going for. Exactly. And so this to touch then on the systems of how this works, as a consultant, I would go into a big corporation, let's say, or even a smaller startup. As soon as the startup gets beyond the size of about 100 people, it is the size at which the founders start experiencing a particular type of psychology in the company, which is that they're now meeting and seeing people working in their own company that they don't necessarily know oh. individually. <laughs> and it's the first time where they're experiencing this, where it's like, hey, I was used, used to go potentially with the first 25, 30, even 50 employees we used to go out for pub, drinks, lunches, dinners, uh, even sort of social outings, paintballing, whatever. And that was a regular company cultural kind of exercise. And then suddenly beyond that size, you realize, well, it's uh, monetarily not viable. It's basically impossible to get 100 people together. If you take all the stuff away from the company, the company stops working. So you can't do this. You may be, may be able to do this in tranches of 20, 30, whatever. But most importantly, you're having more people working at the company and the company starts experiencing some sort of stifling growth, which is... Um, uh, starts reflecting itself on the fact that at this point, a hundred people plus company requires the management layer. And as we mentioned before in this podcast, the management layer is also known as the kill zone. The kill zone being basically uh, that so, so much chit chat is had in the company over all sorts of different topics and the management can't handle that complexity and they're looking to kill the ideas to kind of just kind of quiet down the rumors and chatter and so on. And this chatter can be uh, inspiration because the company is like on the trajectory upwards or desperation because the company is struggling and, you know, we're like, maybe, maybe we raised 15, 20 million dollars and we thought, yeah, this is going to keep us going for like seven years and then first year into it, it's like it's running out. Uh, so, so Anya system, design company system software basically helps management become a lot more distributed because usually a smaller company can employ one or two managers. They quickly start getting overwhelmed and they having to do like 80, 20 analysis and stuff based on their gut feel biases, all sorts of things. 
and sort of personal likes and dislikes. So if the manager was one of the original founders of the company, they tend to like the original co-workers more rather than somebody new who might have joined from a competitor, let's say, and they go, they used to work at the competitor. They, they might not even realize this, but basically that guy or a girl who's come in from the competitor actually knows a lot better what needs to be built inside a company. So their opinion needs to be heard at least equally as much, if not more than those uh, uh, well-established uh, old schoolers within the company. Now imagine this happening across a bigger corporation that employs thousands of people. You've got tens of thousands of ideas arising every day and potentially 9,500 of those are complete nonsense. But 500 of them are potentially really good of which 10 of them are crackers that could make the corporation billions. How can you get to identify those 10 in matter of hours or couple of days, as opposed to in matter of a year or two or never really? And even if you do find it out in a year's time, well, then you look at the watch and it's like way too late to release anything to the market because basically that idea is about yeah, be behind the timeline to be competitive in the market. So, so what just comes to mind? Yeah. <laughs> dancing on that then, in terms of like, actually, this is nicely fitting into systems and then innovation. So you mentioned, you know, startup with a couple hundred people, a company with a hundred thousand. There's this formula in a project, um, in project management, you mentioned it earlier, which is basically for the amount of people that you have in the team, you have individual communication bridges between each of those people, right? So let's say it's you, me, and uh, unidentified third person, there's one bridge between you and me, one bridge between me and the other person, and then one bridge between you and the other person, right? So that's three. Now, if we just take that number up to 10 people, we now have 40, we've gone from three to 45 um, communication nodes, right? And this is like an exponential function. So the more people you're adding, the crazier it gets to share these ideas and have them aligned. The beauty of Anya is that it's completely linear, constant function. So whether you have a hundred people or a thousand people, you have the same dashboard. And so what this leads on to is a phrase that I've become more and more fond of, which is fractal management approach. And the core innovation here is to say everything that Elon Musk talks about and first principles comes from physics is to say, the individual has a bunch of ideas. Maybe sometimes they don't, okay? So it's like the ground zero is, this is like just a kind of drone sitting in the office and they don't have an idea at all. But usually even the kind of most boring workers come up with one or two things, however small or, or large. And of course, small thousands and thousands of small things add up exponentially to a large impact. So any person during the day is able, capable of having at least one idea. If you have a thousand workers, you've got thousand ideas. Now, it's very easy to disregard things, okay? So it's very cheap to capture this in very consistent way and also then tally up the most commonly emergent ideas and innovations and thinking and really tally it up 
into stuff that the management per se, like the dedicated management could now actually start taking a notice of and really doing the proper data-based and um, scientific way of really understanding what matters the most. And, um, And really then, instead of being the kill zone, being the life zone and pr- providing a lifeline to the company that can lead towards growth, better products and, and money generation and money reduction. So the core idea here is fractalizing management into super simple stories <laughs> that are understandable and that are digestible and that most importantly don't overwhelm people like for example that wiki was overwhelming people and never re- they never really wanted to project manage that project and the project was suffering the whole company could have gone down because they had one major client that was the lifeline and the, and the money provider and that client was literally looking to take the company to the court if they did that it would be game over instead i came in and i neatened things up a basic provided 10 years ago some sort of ANIA um, structure and, and standardization and I salvaged the client and salvaged the company they ended up creating an exit down the stream and so on and that's that's the sort of reversal of fortunes that can happen I imagine the reversal of fortune that can happen if you mine the ideas of every individual employee every day and aggregate that upwards so that's the innovative aspect of the designed company where we're basically constantly getting new ideas that software enables employees within the company to share new ideas which management and leadership can take on board which leads towards products that can be generated based on really from the ground insights within the company from the employees. So for example, when salespeople, marketing people, support people who are, who are constantly dealing with customers up top, when they are uh, getting issues and product problems and service problems and so on, there is an opportunity with Anya software to capture those and then work on resolving those so that company resources are not wasted and constantly dealing with customer problems, but to resolve those in innovative ways inside the product through design to then relieve people from having to waste their energy and company's resources on repetitive issues that no longer need to rise up arise and those issues can be fixed in design this is an example of something that we've done at roly and it's got taken roly from firefighting type of management where they constantly had problems with pretty much every single uh, product that they sold to completely reducing problems and really completely innovatively focusing on producing products that can generate growth and money and really focusing on growth and money as the only really focus area. And uh, so this is, this, this is why this works amazingly. Um, and that's why products follow innovation. And of course, someone like Elon Musk will talk that like the, the velocity of innovation is the main driver that ensures Tesla to be 
basically eating the entire car industry to get uh, for lunch. And I can give a personal anecdote about Tesla in terms of I bought some shares three months ago at the peak of the price. And within a week, those shares had gone up by 20% and my, my investment had exited. And then two months later, the shares had gone exponentially up and I still bought at the top and everyone called me an idiot. And I look now and they're still 10% up. Okay, so somebody has got the first principle things right, and Tesla's proving that most people don't believe it, but belief is not necessary. We don't design products on beliefs, we don't design products on facts. Mo, what do you think about this? <laughs> well, talking about facts, and just before you move to the money considerations, there's a very simple observable thing here. To anyone viewing this podcast or listening, take these seven areas. So purpose, people, systems, innovation, products, money, and growth. And then I want you to like run through it. So whether like literally you're planning a date, you're, you have a software feature to plan, you have like a new project that you want to start, you have a kind of meeting agenda that you want to prepare, take these seven areas and just ask yourself some questions in each area for whatever topic you're prepared or change depending on software etc but what you're going to find at the end of that exercise which doesn't take more than like 20 30 minutes maybe an hour if like you're having a discussion is that you're going to have a very very good first principles overview of whatever it is that you need to do so we don't, we're not going to say design company just say if you're serious enough about this try this out for yourself see the results that's my uh that, that, that's my invitation, but to move in, to the money side of things. Yeah, in fact, you can run this yeah, exercise even within five minutes. So you can apply it to any area of your life and set a timer for five minutes and just write for that area that you're intending to design up or improve and so on. Just run uh, some design company questions around each area and you'll find a lot better clarity and focus and drive towards uh, completing that. So the money side of this basically is, is very simple like this. You want to be doing those things which make sense to everyone within the company. The people that you've hired, they've been hired for a reason. Everyone that's working in the company is working for a reason. Even if they're a janitor, you've hired a janitor for a reason. So all these people have got good ideas and they're all interested, especially like at Tesla, if they have shares, which most startups do have, share options, these people want to make these shares worth something in terms of money. So they're contributing ideas all the time, and that's how you make money, how you make more money. This is so, so simplified down that like my 12-year-old son understands it. He actually says, Dad, this is cool. So if a 12-year-old can understand it, a CEO of a $5 trillion corporation must understand it. And the multiples that happen uh, in comparison from a startup that might have raised a million to a major insurance company that manages 5 trillion is massive, or the technical term is mahusive. But um, <laughs> uh, basically, the money is a product of purposeful focus with people inter interacting in systemic way, generating innovative ideas, improving products which can gain higher price and cost less to produce, 
the outcome of that is more money made, less money wasted. And finally, but not the least, growth. The final thing, there's no need for growth hacking here. We're talking about actual, sustainable, proper, from the ground up growth that will work going forward. Why? Because it's continuously integrating. This is the Kaizen of fractal management, continuously integrating the best emergent daily ideas into the company in a way that is continuously, innovatively competitive and working better than any other company that's not using the design company approach. And so growth in this sense is guaranteed because there is no other way for the company universe to move than upwards in an emerging uh, higher consciousness order. And so this is how this works. And what, what we've made is the philosophy, software, toolkits, consultancy between our team, as well as this podcast and various other things that we're going to produce down the stream, like courses and training uh, things for, for design company to become basically the de facto standard for just about any company of any size. Mo, have I described this in any way that's understandable? <laughs> I think that's a very good way of uh, summarizing it. And if, you know, if, if we had to kind of put a, put a recap on all of this, in a nutshell, design company is a simple way of thinking that helps you actually approach complexity from first principles. Secondly, it's an ecosystem of both people and various tools, softwares, etc. That's basically here to help you like understand what's going on, get feedback through your employees, go much faster in terms of growing your company. Um, and it's also just, you know, an open ecosystem of knowledge, ideas, etc. you know. So we also want people to be participating, to be adding their expertise, and then, you know, ultimately to be coming out as experts in various areas of these seven areas. So we already have people experts, system experts, you know, money experts, and we're always happy to hear from people that wish to join us in this ecosystem, in this new standard of management, as you said, Jason, um, potentially as podcast guests or collaborators in any other way. But as you said, ultimately, it's about creating a new standard of management that's not just like yet another framework, but something that anybody can understand and something that nobody can fake. Precisely. And I think management industry is way overdue for radical uh, transparency <laughs> uh, from our friend Ray Dalio and also radical improvement and innovation. Uh, both of us love management, but we sort of fell out of love uh, with it uh, due to the fact that basically I, I've, I've barely ever met uh, any person who said, oh, I love my manager, uh, because basically most managers don't really love their work because they're overwhelmed and so on. Mm. Design company approach reduces that overwhelmness, creates a much better well-being company because it's continuously fractally uh, getting insights without uh, overwhelming anyone. That's why Anya works as a chatbot across different channels such as Slack, Telegram, and so on, and also as a standalone uh, app soon. So, so there is literally no excuse for all the employees to partake in the designed company 
uh, emergent uh, wisdom gathering and and for for the leaders and managers and workers to act on that uh, in a in a much more faster optimized way that generates money and growth which Again, I've never met anyone who wants less money and less growth. So this is something that like Jeff Bezos would say, I've never met a customer who says, uh, I want my product to be delivered slower and for it to cost more and for it to work worse. You know, basically everyone wants better products, less cost, faster, better, and so on. That's what we're delivering with this. And it's to our knowledge- Without, bur without burning the humans. Without burning without the humans, burning humans without actually world. using humans for what they're best for, which is their wisdom, insights, knowledge, and, and foresight, mm. foresight, okay, insight and foresight around what is coming up. And that's very hard. I recently spoke at Davos to an MD of a major um, consultancy firm, uh, one of the big four, and I asked him, how do you actually understand from your consultants what they're thinking? And he said, it's very hard. And my, my response is, it's very easy with designed company software and consultancies ought to have this on board uh, as a standard tool. So if you're working at a consultancy or, uh, you know, you're, you're running a company where you want to improve and move faster and better and make more money, create more growth, reach out to us. We're ready for business open <laughs> and uh you know we're seeing we're seeing uh, more and more uptake so uh yeah come come along and we can we can take you on board so thank you very much uh, great to add other than yeah. i'm enjoying thank you very much for uh chatting to me again brother mo and uh reach out to us if you if you want to know more about design company cheers <laughs>